Hawk Talk is brought to you in part by the Monmouth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org slash Monmouth. Let's be healthy together. You're listening to Hawk Talk, the official podcast of Monmouth University Athletics. And here are your hosts, Greg Viscomi and Gary Kowal. Back for another episode of Hawk Talk. Gary Kowal, Greg Viscomi, happy to be back with you. It's been uh, been a little bit of time since we since we did one. It's been busy times here around Monmouth Athletics, but uh, happy to get, get back on, uh, Greg. Monmouth basketball on the men's and women's side starting to roll a little bit. Yeah. Gonna be a fun podcast talking about uh talking about Hawks hoops. Crowds have been really, really good. I know we'll get into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, spring sports literally right around the corner. Um, as we hit February. This is a big crossover month for, for the spring sports. Every year I, I swear the lacrosses start earlier and earlier. I think that's a lacrosse and a soccer thing. Every year I feel like they're um, in February and August, those two sports are just get earlier and earlier every year. But yeah, that's true because uh, because every coach wants more time. I was driving in right. the other day for uh, for a basketball game on Saturday, and there was a lacrosse scrimmage going on. It was seven degrees out. It was cold. In fact, I uh, I had brought my son over to watch some hoops, watch us win, and um, he's a big lacrosse guy. He loves lacrosse, plays hoops, but he really loves lacrosse. And he was like giving me the eyes, like, "Can we watch a couple minutes of this game?" And the wind chill hit me in the back of Kessler or in the back of the Ocean First Bank Center, and I was like, "No, <laughs> going inside." <laughs> it is winter time. Basketball is the perfect winter sport. Uh, you have to just make it from your car to the arena, and then um, you're at least warm and dry for the remainder of the game. Well, I think uh, without further ado, we've we've talked about hoops. Mammoth on the men's side, three wins in a row. Um, it's been Obviously, the hottest stretch of the season, and our guest today will uh, talk a little bit about that and, and a lot of other things. I'm excited to have um, today's guest on, one of the more charismatic guys on the team, and uh, I think we'll get some good stuff. But uh, happy to welcome on sophomore Teron Allen to Hawk Talk. Teron, what's going on? How's everything? Thanks for having me. Thanks for making the time. Um, we almost were going to have to record this on Thursday because Teron had a bunch of classes, and you guys are leaving for Stony Brook, right. which is a huge game tomorrow. Uh, they're all huge games at this point. I mean, once you get into the conference season, um, they're all they're all really big games. So I was like, all right, we'll pencil in for Thursday, and then um, then class uh, did not get canceled. You got released uh, yeah, early. I got released early, and uh, and and here we are. So I appreciate you making the time. Um, well, I guess I'll start up. Sure. Listen, we don't we can fast forward through all of the beginning of the season, right? And and the tough times, and you guys really hung on and and. Are, are, are really starting to turn the corner. Three in a row. The game the other day against Drexel was awesome. Right. The the arena, the vibe was awesome. It was loud in there late in the game. Getting stops. What has kind of changed mindset-wise from, let's just say, the first 20 games, 19 games of the year, and the last three? What, what's going on inside the team? I mean, just to get like our togetherness and us actually gelling well, real, understand that we need – everyone from the first person to the last person on our team in order for us to win, whether it starts in practice or on and off the court, staying together and just and competing with each other. You got to understand that other teams are going to come after our faces every game. 
whether we're winning, whether we're losing. So we got to come at each other like that in practice to prepare for the game. Coach Coach Rice, obviously, in his post-game media availability um, press conference, um, the last two games has kind of praised you and your um, your kind of resurgence personally has helped the team's resurgence. But uh, more importantly, you're talking on defense uh, more, and I think he's credited you and Jakari with a lot of that. Um, was that just like a, hey, we got to find a way to start winning games, like I got to do anything I can to, to try to help us? What, what kind of jump-started that? Well, like like uh, Coach Rice said last interview, Kari is always talking. He's a talkative person. He so talks. He always talks. Yeah, always talks. <laughs> talkative person. But it's actually good on the court, and it also helps us. So I realized that he's talking. is helping him play better defense. So let me talk as well. Let me help me play better defense. And I've always been a talkative person, but it was inconsistent on the court. And when I started making consistent, and it started helping my game and just helping the team. Now everybody's talking. On the bench, we're here on the bench, then the crowd's in the game. So when you have an environment like that, it, it makes you feel good. It makes you want to play good. It makes you want to bring the intensity up. So I, I think one of the biggest things, the, the two biggest things that stand out to me, and I either I'm at or watch every game, uh, taking care of the ball on offense and just the lockdown defense. I mean, I don't know how many, you know, shot clock violations we forced the other day, but right. there was a number of them. And they were, and then, uh, we're going to talk about this, but the last shot of the game that they took was wild. Yeah. Nobody's looking for their seven-foot center to hit a fadeaway three-pointer. Right. And we, we, I think part of that is when you look back, we locked them down up the floor. They had to call timeout in three seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So so I know the coaching staff has been preaching ball security and, and defense, but what have you guys been doing internally? Like, what's gelling? Like, I, you know, Jakar's doing a really nice job taking care of the ball. Five turnovers the other day, which is crazy. Right. Like that's an insane number for a 40-minute basketball game. Uh, but defensively, what's changed there? I feel like we understand that a lot of teams like to play one-on-one or they have a bunch of sets, but if the ball's on one side and everybody's in the help side or we're just all being there for each other, whether you get beat one-on-one or whether you don't, all five guys gang rebounding and boxing out, it's hard to score. It's hard to score on us where – we're all there for each other. Now, if we're not there for each other, we're focused on our man or something or not just being willing to help, it's easy for somebody to get broken down and scoring. That's for just any team. So we understand we got to have our brothers back. That's what we. That's what coach always preaches, and it shows in the game. Every time we have our brothers back, someone gets beat, there's always someone on the help side. Then we're just rotating, and it just, it's contagious for everybody. It's hard to, like, pick out one moment, right, since, since this turnaround. But obviously we went to – we played one against Charleston, Hampton. You go down to Wilmington, we had a chance to tie the game at the, on the last play. But then A&T was kind of like the one where it, everything kind of clicked. Yeah. And the play I look back on that game, uh, early in the game we were competitive, right? It was back and forth. We had a lead, they had a lead. Um, and the one play that sticks out to me that I've watched back like ten times now, um, there's a loose ball underneath. A&T grabs the rebound. You kind of come from behind the guy, yeah. just steal the ball right back and lay it in. Um, and from there, we cruised. We took like a 15-point lead in, right. in the first half, and obviously we kind of ran away with that game, and that was our first CA win, kind of a, a tide-turning type of season-changing win. Um, I don't know if I can point to that exact play as like the turning point, but that was certainly a point of the game where it was like, whoa, yeah. like, we haven't really done a whole lot of that. And like, what went through your mind on that play? Like, Was he holding the ball out and you thought you had a chance or what? Well, I, in the beginning of the game, I was getting a lot of open shots, but I was missing them, but I was getting my rebound. And that one specific play, I remember I missed a layup, and I was 
when I, my body was kind of going out of bounds and I seen him hold it low because usually people come and hit it from behind. So he's holding it low. And I just try to sneak and get it. And I end up getting it and I got it. And I told, and I from today, from that game on, I told everybody, I said, that play right there, I knew I was going to have a good game just offensively because my defense was just so turned up. And it just felt good the whole game. Then we had, a, then we got a big lead, whatever case it may be. They went to the locker room. And I said, we got to keep it up because it's another 20 minutes. And then we had, I remember, I'll never forget, we had the stretch in the game where we didn't score that much. Like, we wasn't scoring. Yeah, they cut it to, like, six yeah, or seven. Yeah, they cut it to yeah. six or seven. Came in the huddle, we talked. We just got back together. Like, it was nothing to really say. We just got back together, locked back in on defense, and then we opened the lead back up. I think the thing that stands out to me is just the hustle, right? First of all, Jack Collins, he's got a motor. Yeah, like, he, yeah he throw, I told Jack Collins from the day I met him, I said, you throw your body around everywhere. Pra- <laughs> practice, he'll throw his body in the chairs. In the game, she'll jump over the scoreboard and then run the stands and run back. I mean, it's wild. Yeah. I mean, it, it's wild. But, like, all right, so that's the extreme, but everybody's giving that kind of effort. Right. You know, like, the, the big guys are getting down on, on the floor. You know, Clem is constantly battling for yeah. rebounds down below. Uh is that just a pride thing for you guys? I mean, is it like, hey, there's a loose ball, like we need it, we need it, we need it. It's ours. I feel like Clem Clem Buga, like he doesn't, he's not really a vocal guy. But one time we had a meeting in the locker room, and he just said, "We got to approach the game like we got to take the win. Not we don't. We could want everybody wants something in life. Everybody would like to have stuff. It's always easy to be given, but we got to go out there and take it because that's what every team is coming to us. We're already owing something or wanting something." Everybody feels like it, they could just come in and get an easy win and, and clown and stuff like that. But we got to go out there and take the win. And so that's what we've been doing. We go out there, take the win. And it's a one-two thing. So everyone's just giving up their body and sacrificing what they need to sacrifice for us to win. It's awesome. It's I fun think to watch. I, I've, I haven't missed a mile basketball game since I've started doing this uh, eight, seven, eight, nine years, whatever it is now. Um, I've covered a lot of good players, right? I've, I've been around a lot of guys, Justin Robinson, guys in this program who have had a lot of success. Um I don't think I've ever seen somebody have four and ones in one one game. It's crazy. Uh, and we and the, one, the guy that we we likened it back to in our office the other day was Austin Tillman. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever saw Austin do that. He had a triple yeah. double. Like Austin was great. He was strong. He used to get to the basket. Um, you know, if you've been around the program at all, you remember Austin. Uh, but I don't think I. I mean, I was watching him. Like I was like, it just keeps going in. Like he's fighting through contact and he keeps going in. Like it's crazy. Um, is there a is there an art to to taking contact and making sure you finish through or, or um, you just a little bit of luck? I mean, all my life I've been trying to be like a physical guy and stuff like that. But recently, I give a shout out to Coach B. Reese, uh, Brian Reese, because we've been working out recently. He's been telling me that instead of looking for the contact, just go up and try to finish. If they hit me, then they hit me. If I miss it, then it's on me. So I've been trying to have that mindset, and I've been playing off two feet rather than one foot because one foot is more off balance. But I've been going up not looking for the contact and making the layup and getting the contact. So that was, that's just been, was going through my mind. It was crazy. Four, it was four end ones? I, I lost was, track at It was four, and the one at the end of the half was really important. It was funny. Um, obviously, I sit next to the bench there, and um, there was a conversation. We got a rebound with, like, 20 seconds, and it was like, you know, and I don't even think anybody said anything, but Ricky and, and, and Coach Rice kind of looked at each other like, all right, do we – do we call timeout? We have one to use here at the end of the first half or we hold for one. And before we could even like turn around and, and make that call, Jakarta hits you on the move. Yeah, we had the fast and, break. Yeah. And you went up and scored and yeah. won and kicked around just smiling. And Ricky was like, I guess I guess we made the right call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I shot Jakari off for finding me on that one. He's definitely a, a good point guard, like just finding people and just controlling the floor. 
Yeah, he's done a really, really nice job stepping into a starting role, yeah. you know, a, a walk-on guy that is not used to playing a lot of minutes, and he's kind of embraced that role. And, and now, like we said, he's done he's done a really good job. I right. mean, you can't you can't hate on that. Is how much of that chemistry you guys work on? Because that's that's a chemistry thing. That's working together. Like, hey, I, I got to trust that you're going to be open, and I'm going to get you that pass. Right. Is that something that's just from practicing together? You guys work out after. I mean, hours? I'm a sophomore, so like my first year here. <coughs> I mean, I think Car it was Car's first year here too, as well last year. And whether like him being a walk on, he approached every day like a kid on the scholarship, just like another kid. Because we look at him like, oh, this is our teammate, not sure. a walk on whatever. So he used to go at Shavar. He used to go at Miles. So. I feel like we got two really good point guards. So either one start, either one coming off the bench. We both we're gonna have the same results. Uh, Car has been playing a lot of minutes. He's just been controlling the floor and just he's been like you said he's been doing an awesome job. And it's just something we just work on every day, just trusting in our point guards. That's really it. I want to take you back in the earlier season because this is something I like to ask all all the guys we have on. Uh, Coach Rice through his relationships and obviously Coach Callahan are able to put together a really tough schedule non-conference wise right and this year it just worked out that even our mid-major teams like Yale turned out to be really good basketball teams but I think you know un- unjustly from the outside looking in sometimes people take like we work in athletics and, and we're we're around you guys all the time so we know the mindset but I think people take a shot and say you like oh they're just lining these kids up for failure because they're going and playing in Virginia and they're going and playing in Illinois but I know from your guys' point of view, when we when you walk out on the court at the University of Virginia and it's packed with eighteen thousand people, right? It's a cool and it's experience. Like, that's an awesome experience. Yeah, it's an awesome experience, and it's a competitive level. Like you got to understand the kind of coaches we have and and the head coach we have. I respect Coach Rice, and I thank him for scheduling those type of games. Whether we win or lose, it's an awesome experience traveling to those states or whatever case may be, and playing against those high majors, being in those buildings with a lot of history behind it. He explains to us all the history behind it. And just a lot of schools, they schedule D2 schools or, or small schools just to collect wins. We don't have a coach like that. We have a coach that's going to schedule hard, and we approach every game like, we, like we're going to win, and we just try our hardest. If we come out with the win, we do. If we don't come out, we shake their hand. And yeah. We, we've gotten some of those, too. Which right. Is, you know, Cincinnati, you, I mean. You played at Cincinnati last year. Yeah. And, and, you know, it. we just, we just put out a, a – a piece on Jack Holmstrom. One yeah, of the things he talked about was, cool. was like standing at half court at Illinois and all the noise just funneling back into the arena. He was yeah. like, that was so cool. Like, and that wasn't even part of the game it was pregame. Like that's just the stuff you remember, right? Like those, those moments, those arenas, those crowds. Right. And I think what people don't understand is like, all right, yeah, we're getting a check and that helps to, you know, helps run the, the program. Mm-hmm. But put that all aside. Like those are good. Ex- like you're going up against the best kids in the country. Right. So then when you go and you got a guard or you got to drive on a guy that's at the CAA, like, yeah, there's some great players in the CAA, but you're not, there's not four on the, on the floor at the same time. Right. So I, I think feel like that helps it, you, right? Yeah, like, it definitely helped us in league play or helped us. Every game it helped us, whether no matter how much we lost by, how much we won by every game, we find something good in every game. We're improving every game. And then th- like, we're just gelling together now and it's just, it's time. It's just crunch time. It's time to just turn things around, and that's what we've been doing, and continue to looking forward to keep doing that too as well. Let's let's dive into some other, uh, you know, I don't want to say off the court stuff, but um, I I I like to make a, I like to joke about when back in our office. Um, I work with a guy, Mark, who's a big Sixers fan. Okay, and we came back from picture day. This year, <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. media day. <laughs> I know, and I was no. like, hey, I was like, I got this picture in Toronto. I want you to take a look at it. 
And it's a picture of you, and you're holding up a, a Ben Simmons Nets T-shirt. <laughs> yes. And he was just appalled by it. Yep. Like, I don't understand why anybody would do that. Why Why would I somebody mean, do that? All right, so when I was in high school and I first found out about Ben Simmons and I was watching his high school mixtape, I could relate my game to him. He's just a, a downhill player. He's always attacking the basket and stuff Lefty. like that. Lefty as Lefty. well. And then in high school, he was shooting. So I didn't have no critiques of him. So it was him and Brandon Ingram were two high school guys that I watched that I knew were going to the league and stuff. I actually went to a workout to watch Brandon Ingram, so it made me like him more as well. Then Ben Simmons went to the league. He did Did he play his first year? No, right? I don't think he did. No, mm-hmm. okay. Then he started playing, and it was like, okay, he doesn't make jump shots, but he's still scoring the ball. And then if he's not scoring the ball, he's getting assists. And if he's not doing that, he's playing defense. So everybody says, oh, he can't shoot. He's not a good player, whatever. But <laughs> I, I, I like him. That's still one of my favorite players. So. I like that you stick by him. Yeah. Are I'm, you a Nets guy being from Brooklyn? Um, Not really a Nets guy. I mean, it's cool that two two of my favorite, two out of three of my favorite players are on the Nets, KD and Ben Simmons. But I'm not, I don't really have like a favorite NBA team. But I did go, when, actually that shirt that I have, it's not like I just ordered it. I went, one break we had, I went to the Nets game and Ben Simmons wasn't playing. But I actually. We went to the, uh, the store. I made sure to get that shirt. <laughs> that was the first shirt I seen. That's the only thing I bought. It's not. I want for the for the. Obviously, this is an audio podcast for the people that are listening. This is not like a like the t shirt jersey with the name and number on the back. This yeah. is like Ben Simmons's face is on the front of the shirt, and it says Ben Simmons Nets uh, yep. sure. on it. So um, I'm glad you're not a Nets fan because they're in turmoil. Right now. <laughs> uh, did they get rid of Kyrie yet? Yeah, yeah. he got traded to Dallas. He's gone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I just feel like everywhere he goes, he's going to be a, just a cancer to the team. Yeah, he's... Yeah. I don't know. He's a disaster. All sorts of numbers. <laughs> um, well, speaking of Brooklyn, um, we, we had Miles Foster on earlier. He's a Brooklyn guy, but right. didn't play high school in, in Brooklyn. Um, you are a city city kid through and through, right? You're, right. you're from Brooklyn. You played there. Yeah. Um, do you take a certain pride? And I know everybody talks about like New York City guards and, and New York City you know, high school talent yeah. and you know everybody talks about the big game you had in high school yeah um, you know how many points you scored and all that do you take a certain pride in in being a new york city um guy and having the people from new york city kind of follow your your career yeah i definitely take a pride in it i think everybody from new york or brooklyn has helped me i feel like brooklyn is where i got my toughness from just playing a lot of, so brooklyn is known or just new york in general is known for tough guards but they're also known for outside basketball games i'm sure they do that other places but New York is like is like the mecca of it. Rutgers Park, Dykeman, um, there's other parks like Gersh Park and stuff like that. So just the environment out there is cool. Like it's just it's a bunch of people out there. Like imagine a college game, like here with all the fans here, but in like the middle of like the projects or like mm-hmm. just a, a, city a park. park. Yeah, yeah a city yeah. park, and it's just a bunch of people there gathered around, standing up, standing on fences, yelling, music playing. <laughs> Food being being brought, given out, and just and playing, and just guys on the on the mic talking and stuff like that. So it's definitely a fun thing to do. People have talked about those games, those pickup games. Like there are guys from the city that like are as talented as guys in the NBA. They just never either for whatever it. reason they didn't, didn't make it, it. Yeah. they didn't choose didn't to make it. They, they never left right. the city. Like is that is that a real thing? Are there yeah, that, like guys out actually, there that are good enough to to be in the NBA? They just yeah. never for whatever reason. That's definitely a thing. Even. Even now, like, some NBA guys still come to New York to come play in some of these tournaments. I know they're not NBA sanctuary or however it is, but 
there's NBA guys that come play. Yeah, you'll see in the summer. You see like Carmelo's out there. Yeah, or Every, everyone goes. Everyone make at least makes one game, whether they come into play or watch. But there's definitely a lot of guys that's in the park now that I could see playing in college basketball, or playing in the NBA. It's crazy. What's yeah. your best memory from one of those outdoor My game experiences? Memory. It wasn't really an outdoor uh, game. It was like kind of like an inside thing. They built a, a gym at like a warehouse. It was, it was called uh, NYC Tournaments of Champions. And um, Kevin Durant had came. I was watching the game. I was a little kid. And then uh, he came and he held these sneakers up, his KD6s, the orange ones. He held them up and he pointed at me actually what size I wore. And I told him a size and it wasn't the size of shoes. So I walked away and I came back. And I and then he actually what size I wear and I said the size of the shoes and then he he called me down he gave me the shoes <laughs> wow. took a picture of me that's I unbelievable it. I still have the sneakers like bubble wrapped in my uh, basement now so <laughs> that's, that's awesome. probably one of my favorite memories that's crazy yeah that's why you're a KD fan yeah that's <laughs> one of the reasons uh, speaking of New York City guys now with with Del- Derek Phelps coming back on the staff you know we have B Reese we have Derek Phelps like I didn't realize this but the first time that B Reese and D Phelps were with us like. King tried to explain it to me. Like, those two guys are like New York City, like royalty when yeah. they were playing there. Um, how awesome is it to have those guys on staff? I mean, you talked a little bit about B. Reese working on you, you know, driving the lane and yeah. everything. Um, how great is it having those guys and just having New York City guys with you? I feel like with the new coaching staff we got, with everybody we have, I feel like it's, it's a good culture. It's just, it feels like family here, having Coach Phelps come in late and just. The way he came in and just observed everything first couple of days, and then it felt like he's been here a while, like he knows a lot, and he's just fresh eyes to our team to to help us elevate and see things that maybe other coaches or players haven't seen. So definitely helps us, Coach B. Reese, and and just even talking to them and them understanding where I where I come from or mm-hmm. knowing certain spots or certain basketball games or parks or stuff like that. Just like the New York City parks we were talking about. So it's a lot of times where we go places. Or we're just sitting down and ask beer. So you ever played here? Or ask Coach Clive, you ever played here? And then we talk about it. So it's definitely cool. It's That's true. Awesome. The, the whole staff. I mean, Clive and Derek and Brian are all New York City guys. Yeah, yeah I forgot that Coach Clive Rice and Coach County are for our, our New York yeah, upstate, upstate guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we just only – I don't. where the heck is Shafano from? He's from Point Pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> Jake was from New York, too. Yeah? Yeah, yeah he went Jake to um, to Stepanak, which is another Catholic school that I played. Because my first two years, I went to Catholic school in the Bronx. I went to St. Raymond's. Okay. So we played against Stepanak. Obviously, went not when Jig was there, but he he knew about it, so that was cool as well. Yeah, Jig Net Officer James. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that one day. Maybe, we'll <laughs> Maybe we get him back on. And the craziest thing is that Miles, he's not he never went to high school there, but we have me and Miles have picture of us winning championships together, like before high school. Like yeah, really? school. we played. I knew Miles for a cut like a lot of years. Like I grew I up never with Miles. Knew that. He lives it's so his birthday. My, yeah, it's his birthday. It's birthday Miles' him. birthday today. Yeah. Shout out, Miles He's, Foster. Um, he lives like five minutes away from me. But, yeah. like, we're actually like family. Like, we grew up together. We have pictures um, of us winning, like, basketball chips together, playing at AU when we were younger. And then we got older, he went away. And then when I first found out about the school and I looked it up, he's the first person I realized. But when I was right. going to come in here, I didn't tell him. But he knew, so he had texted me about it. <laughs> so, yeah. so you didn't talk to him at all about... No. When I first found out about here... Um, I was looking at Instagram, then I seen I was like, oh, it's Miles. I haven't talked to him for a while. And then I followed him on Instagram. And then I never, we wasn't really talking about it. Then I posted, like, a commitment tomorrow. And then he put the eyes emoji. <sighs> I'm like, oh, he might know. 
He might not. So I didn't text him. Then I committed, and then I text him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's crazy. That you you didn't even like ask him like, hey, what's it like? Yeah, I like didn't ask him. I just that's wild. Yeah. Let's go real quick back through your recruiting process. What uh, what what enticed you about Coach Rice and and Mammoth to uh, obviously you said we've had some some changes in staff, right? I um, mean, I don't know how many of the guys that are here now recruited you back then, right. other than Coach Rice and Coach Callahan, of course. But um, why Mammoth? What what um, enticed you about mom obviously some of your numbers in high school were pretty good right. I know you were a little bit of a later signing for us during yeah. COVID did that have anything to do with it I mean um, so I remember COVID hit and then everything shut down so there was no AU circuit or anything for me to play or get exposure to and that was your coaches. senior year yes yeah, my senior year and then that's when the transfer portal opened up so a lot of the scholarships that I had or any recruitment that I had or interest from other schools kind of like started to close down and, and got limited because of the transfer portal, which made it harder for high school kids at that time, even now. So um, I remember COVID started, things started to open back up, and I played AAU for a little bit. And Coach Callahan, he just came to, he started coming to all my games. I didn't know what school he was from because I couldn't really see, but I just remember seeing every time on the baseline he was there or he'll be walking around. It's pretty recognizable. Yeah. <laughs> or he'll just, or even if I didn't see him at the game, I'll see him like on the next court, and as soon as we finish the walk off, he'll smile and wave. So I'll say what's up to him. <laughs> And then I remember, like, one of my last games on the circuit, uh, Coach Rice came and Coach Callahan came, and they uh, played. So it was up to them. And then I started talking to them. Then I came here. And then I told I told everybody, like, my visit here kind of felt like it felt like it was home. I know a lot of people say that about just rent every school they, they go to. But when I came here, it felt like it was home. I remember JR was here. Jig was here. And everybody, it just felt cool to be here. It just felt like a family here. And then. I remember we came, we talked to Coach Rice for a while, my dad and I, and everything just felt, everything felt right to come here. Sure. Then um, waited a little bit, Coach Rice talked to me, and then I was like, yeah, I definitely want to come here. So I, I was a late signer as well, so I definitely missed the summer session as well. Then as soon yeah, as I remember I, you were the, one of the only guys that came in the fall. Yeah, I came right when might school the only started. Guy came in the yeah, fall. I was the only guy. Because the then, other guys in your class were here in the summer. Yeah, they took summer it was, classes. it was COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, we so had then, more restrictions and everything, but. So then after that, I came here, and then everything just felt right. So, the, yeah. the COVID recruiting was, it was and still is, just such a strange thing for yeah athletes and coaches. It's crazy. It's a really, it's a really hard thing to, to find a right fit. So it's good to hear that, you know, obviously, we I think you found a good fit. And, yeah, definitely. Definitely uh, thankful for that. Just crushing the end ones, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> what um what part of your game are you are you still working on? Um, right now just my my three point percentage, honestly, just uh being able to hit the open ones. Not really just being crazy and crazy handles and just shooting random threes or wild right. threes and making them just hitting the open threes and just continue taking my time with with the inside game and trying to get to the basket and stuff like that. That's what Coach Rice preaches to me all the time. So Sure. I know people that, that have been around the program. This might not be a fair comparison, um, but you guys played together for one year last year um, when you were a true freshman. And a lot of people like to compare you to Marcus, right, yeah. Marcus McClary. I don't know if it's because you're both lefties, uh, the defense, right. similar styles. I don't know, if, you know if that's exactly what it is, but do you find any similarities in your guys' game, and did you take anything from not only him, but I guess that awesome senior class that we had last year from those guys? Right. Um, you know, what, what did you take from that group, and especially Marcus? Um, Off the court and on the court, I took uh, Marcus' leadership and just kind of how he carried himself. He's always like he's always just in the right place, always doing the right things. And then I took I from him. I don't think Marcus got in trouble ever in yeah, five that, years here. Yeah, that's what, that's what Coach Rice Never. told me. It's actually funny because on my visit here, like as soon as I got here, we pulled up, we parked, and I came out. Marcus came out as well. 
And then uh, Coach Rogers was like, yeah, everyone keeps saying that you look like him, you play like him. I had to bring him. <laughs> and that meant Marcus. So I was like, all right, I know I got to go at this guy when I get here. So when I first got here, not actually all last year, I, it was, I would always try to go at Marcus. He will definitely go at me. Some days he'll win, some days I'll win. And it was a competitive thing, but it was, I knew it was making me better. So his leadership and he was always like a physical guy. So I seen my game in that as well. But to this day, I tell Marcus I score better than him. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've gotten it going a little earlier. His yeah. uh, the last couple years of his career, he had some really big shots for us. Right. Right. But he was always the defensive lockdown guy yeah. early on. Yep. Um, what, what characterizes you as a New York City ball player? Like what, if I said to you, you know, you're a New York City ball player, what are the things that come to your mind? Um, crafty, uh, tough, and I guess like stylish, like how I carry myself sure. on and off the court. Those three things. All right, crafty. Yeah. I would definitely say tough is definitely one of those. Yeah. Uh, crafty, I mean, the way, you, you know, just being able to, get to the lane and get those drives. Uh, and I don't know anything about style, so I'm a 43-year-old dude. I'm out on that game. But that's awesome. Um, let's uh, let's let's shift gears a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I was saying to Gary, I think early last year, just sitting around at like a walker, a shoot-around or something, Right. I was like, man, I think Teron probably has the best tattoo of anybody Definitely on our team, right? But maybe anybody at the school. Like I, I work with football, so like a lot of those dudes are tatted up. Yeah, and and so the, I believe it's on your right arm, the Statue of Liberty, the Statue yeah. of Liberty yeah. one. Take take us through that tattoo because it's really well done. Okay, and it's it, it's just a cool tat, and I'm sure people, I have another one I want to talk about too. But we'll start. With all right, Statue start with the Statue of Liberty because I think that one's awesome. All right, so uh, the story behind the Statue of Liberty is one of the guys that my dad worked with. He um he knew a guy that did tattoos. But he, it was a but he's always booked like a lot like he's booked for a long time so if you book with him now you won't get a tattoo till like later on in the year even next year so he had an opening and then I went to see him and there's this app called Fiverr where mm -hmm. um you can say what you want and then come up with logos and stuff so that's kind of how I start creating my tattoos I just say oh this is what I I picture I, I put some pictures together and I send it to the person and they send back so they send it I wanted a basketball. I wanted a basketball tattoo, but everyone just gets a basketball tattoo of it's a basketball, and it's, it's common. So I was like, I need something different. So I wanted a basketball tattoo, and inside the basketball, I wanted, like, the New York City skyline and stuff. But that would only take up the top part of my arm, and I wanted my whole half arm. So then I sent it to the tattoo artist, told him, just told him I want a New York City theme and everything. I came back, and it was a Statue of Liberty with the basketball on top with the court and everything, and I made some adjustments to it, and then I got it done. I was getting the tattoo done, and I'm looking at it. And, like, usually when you do a tattoo, it's like, do some of it, go use the bathroom. Do some of it, get a, a eating break. I was halfway through it. I was looking. I was like, something looks off about it. Something looks off about it. And then he finally finished it, and I was like, this is one of my best tattoos. Like <laughs> so, <laughs> what did you think looked off at, about it at the time, or was it just that he didn't um, finish it? Yeah, he did. It just wasn't finished. So right. that's really what it was. But as soon as it finished, I looked at it. I was like, this is like this tattoo is actually crazy. So what tattoo shop is that? Um, I forgot the name of it. Actually. No, actually, <laughs> it's called Leathernecks Tattoo. It's kind of near the Barclay Center. Gotcha. But the guy that did it, I don't think he works there anymore. I think he works somewhere else. No, you don't go to the same artist for all your tats? Well, for that tattoo, for that tattoo, I went with him. And then there's a shop in uh, Connecticut. It's called Javier Eastman's Tattoo. He just changed it to his name. That's my actual tattoo artist. So 
I live in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. I drive an hour and a half to go to Connecticut every time I want a tattoo. All right. Yeah. The, the other one that I think people recognize the one on your leg, right? Right. With, with, uh, with the wolf. Right. Was there any story behind that one? Yeah. So, so I wanted a tattoo, uh, like a family tattoo. So I have two younger siblings, my brother, my sister, Skylar, and Noah. So I wanted a tattoo. So on my leg is like a, a big wolf, and then it's two smaller ones. So the big one is me. The one in the middle is my brother. And then the one on the end is like, it's kind of leaning on something, kind of like like a girlish kind, of, and that's my sister. So that's what it, that's the meaning behind it. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, everybody should know your brother. Yeah, because when we had Blue White Night, I guess we call it Blue White Night, whatever yeah. we call it, Midnight mm -hmm. Madness, no, whatever Blue White Night, yeah. Blue White Night uh, he came out and absolutely crushed it. Yeah, dancing. I knew that would be perfect for him. Like, because <laughs> that's all he does. All he does is dance. Like, I show him stuff, and then. I'll leave and I come back and then he knows it word for word. He dances, <laughs> but that's all he does. He dances, he dances, dances. So I'm like, all right, I got to do something. I'm not going to just run out because I know I'm not a good dancer. So I'm like, right. have my brother run out and I'm sure everybody loved him. Then he just been, he was dancing that whole night. He loved it. So like he, he wasn't intimidated at all no, to walk out all. in front of 2000 people no. and just dance. I feel like once he starts dancing or once he hears music or in that mode, it doesn't really matter who's around. He just, just start dancing and have fun. Well, he definitely was probably the star of the show that yeah. night. He, he tore it up. It awesome. <laughs> and the <laughs> funniest really thing good. is that, like, my dad has videos from, like, even when I was in high school, he'll just randomly start dancing in the middle of the court after the game or during the game. He'll run on the court and stuff like that. So that's definitely a perfect time for him to do that. Does he ball? Uh, a little bit. He's, little bit. he's getting into it. His focus, his attention span is small. Like, he'll start playing basketball, <laughs> and then he'll just run and, like, jump on the wall or, or something <laughs> else. But he's definitely getting into it. He goes to basketball camp in the summertime and stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. Well, uh, we always kind of end up the interviews with with some kind of um, just kind of get to know you type of stuff. Okay. So what is, what's one meal that's around here? Actually, you know, give me one meal back home that you love that you love to go get. It could be a restaurant, it could be a local place. Okay. And, and one place when you're here that, that, you, that you really like. If someone's coming in from out of the town, they're like, Tron, take me to your favorite restaurant and, you know, buy Mammoth. Where are you going? Okay, so here, my when I first got here, my favorite restaurant was Ichiban because I love hibachi. Mm. But I haven't been there for a while. I think my favorite restaurant right now is Teak in Red Bank, okay. the Thai restaurant. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. Thai food. And then in New York, I have three favorite meals. I have, there's one place called Joya. It's the same thing as Teak. Okay. And then it's another place called Hook and Real, which is like a seafood boil. Like, go, you get like shrimp, crab, and like a bag. Where's that at? Um, that's in Brooklyn. That's Craig Canarsie. Speed right there. Yeah. yeah. It's, in, it's in Canarsie. I think they have one in uh, Staten Island. Nice. And then they have one in Jersey City. Okay. They're both like an hour away. And then I'm Caribbean, I'm Jamaican. So uh, I like to eat like oxtail and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. those are my three favorite meals. Coach Dorsett, our, our running backs coach yeah. uh, here, is promising me that he's going to take me to someplace in Long Branch that serves really good oxtail. Um, I know, if I'm not mistaken, there's one place called Nora's. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Because when we went there, she told me that he always goes there. <laughs> always there. And I always go there as well. Is, and, it, is it legit? Yeah, it's actually really good. It's like an older lady. Uh -huh. So I had this thing like, it's like an older lady and she's cooking. I know it's good. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, like grandma. Yeah, it's like grandma. Experience. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I told him, I said, listen, like, I, I love, like, jerk chicken and and I'll try anything. I've right. never had oxtail, but I'll try it. Yeah. yeah. He, he swears by it. He says no, it's delicious. You'll like it. I promise you'll like it. All right. Yeah. All right. I got to get Sammy D to take me over there. He yeah. wanted, Last week he wanted to go. It was like, a, it was like right before I was going to walk out. I think out that's a door. hard, like, lunch meal. Like, I feel like. 
you know, so you get some rice and something else. It's like, like a heavy meal for lunch. Yeah, it's like as soon as Before you eat it, you're going to just want to sit down. Like, you're just going <laughs> to go to sleep or something. You're definitely going to get the itis. But, well, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to be like, let's do it like towards the end of the day so I can just drive home and go take a nap. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, Norris, we got it. We That's that's like three people have been like, that's the best place if you like Jamaican yeah. food. So, I, yeah. I don't. I can't speak to it. I've never been there. No. And Thai food, I I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he was, like, talking about going to get Thai. And my wife doesn't really love hot stuff. Right. So I'm like, I really would like to get, like, try Thai food. Yeah. But can you get it hot, or, or I mean, can you get it not hot, or so is it just all spicy? The only thing that I get from there is, like, it's called Drunk Man Noodles. So it's kind of like a, a thinner, like a wide, thinner uh, noodle. It's just a bunch of that, and it has, like, red peppers in it and stuff like that. And then... You can add like shrimp or chicken or like pork belly. Mm-hmm. So that's what I usually get. Um, the one in Brooklyn doesn't come spicy. The one out here does. I don't know if you could get it spicy. Less but spicy. I'm sure you probably could get it less spicy than what I'm it gonna, is. I'm going to get up there. Tea, yeah. Red Bank. These are great recommendations. Yeah. yeah. All right, Gary, your turn. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I would like to say that you're probably the first men's basketball player we've asked that question and they didn't respond with Scalas. Right. Oh, Scalas, no. Gianni's. <laughs> I'm not really like a, I feel like that's kind of like fast food. I'm not really a fast food guy. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Not really a fast food guy. It's also just one thing that I drink that everyone says is bad. And I think it's the best drink ever. It's seltzer water. There are people who love seltzer. I don't. It's just carbonated water to me. No, that's, I can live, I drink seltzer water, water, and ginger ale. It's all good for you. Yeah. What, um, do do you drink any flavored seltzer or is it just a straight, any salsa, any flavor, any, right. anything. Yeah, no, it's water. huge. People yeah. love salsa. I don't, I can't get by. I, if I want to drink something like water, I don't want it to be carbonated. For real? Like, I just want, I like drinking water. Just I just have want water, to drink water. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. But his food choices are way different than I would choose anyway, so. Yeah. We're on different ends there. No, I, I love that. I, I, everything he mentioned, I would definitely be in the eating. I haven't had Thai food yet, but I probably should get around to doing that. I don't know if I could do the spice. You're right. The spice would You're get a baby. me. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't deny that. I wouldn't I mean, deny you, that. I, you don't eat your food with anything on it anyway. That's correct. A chicken sandwich, just the chicken, and then spread some ketchup on it. Just no cheese? Uh, no, he's not like a child. Chicken. No, not oh, chicken. Wow. We should make, t- we're going to, fil- you know what we're going to do? We're going to film Teron taking around to his favorite places, and you're going to have to eat what he eats. I'll eat it. We're doing that over I'll, the summer. I'll, I'll yeah. do it. We're that's, getting that's, in a car, we're bringing perfect. a camera, and it's going to be Teron teaches Gary's butt how to eat like <laughs> good, an adult. How to eat good. How to I mean, eat I good. Eat like yeah. an but and we'll go to Teak, and we'll go to Norris, and then we'll, maybe we'll drive up to Brooklyn yeah. and go around there. I love that. Great feature idea. I'm writing that down. I'm going to listen. I'm good with all of it. I'm down with that. I'll do, I'll do all that. And you're getting the spicy food at tea. Can I relate about <laughs> that too? Well, I was like, I mean, the, the, the thing that we always like to ask the New York City kids is like with the pizza, but it sounds like Tehran's not really in that game. So No, I definitely, I I eat pizza. Like, I'll, I'll have it here and there. New York pizza is the best. That's Jackson. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, the best. Never, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get it. I mean, like, it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue. Especially, especially like the places like all right, in the city. Everything's expensive and stuff out there. It's not really a lot of restaurants are like high end restaurants where you got to be dressed up and stuff. But there's a lot of basketball parks in the city or gyms and stuff. So after you work on stuff, they have a lot of small spots where it's just like dollar pizza, right? And it's really pop in and grab a slice. Yeah, it's a dollar, just a dollar, like no tax, no nothing. It's a dollar. It's It's like it's the perfect thing. Giant slice of pizza. I've had some of those. Yeah, 
I think the last time I was in the city was in like December, and I walked by, and one of the dollar pizzas was like now a dollar fifty. For real? Just inflation. Like, you can't yeah. have inflation, but that was like around the garden. Like that's not okay. Yeah, that's true. understandable. True. That's tourist. Um, tourist trap. Favorite movie. John Wick. All the John Wicks. Yes. Wow. New one coming out. You're I'm waiting for that. Like March or May. Something I've, like I've that. actually watched every single one of them again recently because the new one's coming out. To get ready, just to yeah. prepare. They I do uh, that with stuff too. Yeah. Have you watched any John Wicks? Yeah. Zero. They're fantastic. You can watch any one. Like you don't have to watch it in order. It's great. And you could just pick it up in the middle. Like one of the. I don't know if it's like TBS. Like one of the networks has been just showing them. Yeah. Uh, and it, like you know, it's a little bit different because it's like on TV, so they have to curb like some of the stuff. But it's just basically Keanu Reeves kicking the crap out of people. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. They're fun. Yeah, are, are you a Greg? Are you a? I know you have you have kids. You probably got to fight over the TV. Are you a watch back kind of guy when you know something's coming out? Because uh, I am, certainly am. Yeah, I mean, we've done that with like some of the Marvel movies. Okay, you know, like but you got to uh, catch yourself back up and remember what's going on. Yeah, and there's no arguing over the TV. Like, it's my television. <laughs> like, I come home and, like, the birds are going on, or, like, I come home. Or, you want to watch a movie. But I did, like, my kids are a little bit older now, like 14, and Frank's, actually tomorrow Frank's going to be 13. Okay. Um. So, like, now it's kind of fun because I'm like, oh, like, we can watch John Wick, mm-hmm. kind of. And my wife's like, what is this? And I'm like, no, it's cool. It's all right. <laughs> He's, like, jamming pencils through people's necks and stuff. Oh, I'm yeah. like, they're 14. Um. So that's cool. Like, we're getting to the point. Like, the other day, I actually looked up, like, Frank and I were, it was just us. The girls were out doing whatever. And I was like, can I watch old school with him? And then, like, I went and, like, scrolled through some, like, the scenes. I'm like, mm, I don't think 12 almost 13 is right for old school. <laughs> like, I don't care if he, like, were to watch it over his friend's house and I didn't know, but I can't be the one who's like, oh, watch these two girls naked. Or, you know, not naked, but they have bikinis on. Naked. Like, I can't do yeah. that with my 12 year old kid. He's 13 tomorrow. He is 13. I can't do it with my 13 year old kid either. <laughs> He'll ask me every two days, like, when can I watch this? When do you think I can watch that? I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, do like I didn't. Just watch it when I'm not around. <laughs> <laughs> like, just freaking watch it, but make sure nobody's home. Like, leave me alone. So John Wick, undisputed for you. That's definitely number one. Yeah, John Wick. They're great. John Wick 4 coming out soon. Yeah. They're fun. And, and like, Ian McShane, is, you're not going to know who that is, but he's an actor. He's really good. He's in uh, Deadwood. He played the bad guy in Deadwood. He's just really good. And the, the they're just, like, easy to watch films. Like, yeah. Put them on. They don't have, like, this crazy plot like they kind of do, and they created this whole, like, world of, like, assassins. It's cool. It's good yeah. Good flicks. All right, last one, and then we'll get you out of here. Okay. Uh, what What are you listening to for warm-up in your in your earbuds? We blast um, music, but then everybody's got head, so headphones on. Specific so song or just person? Artist, song. Genre, vibe. Yeah. Um, sometimes I listen to Biggie Smalls, like his albums before. Okay. Or Jay Z's albums. Most times I listen to like Lil Baby or Meek Mill, which are my two favorite artists. So I switch it up. It just depends. So sometimes recent, sometimes you throw it back. Yeah. And I, we were strictly NYC there a little bit, but then we slipped in with the Meek Philly yeah. dude, which I love. Yeah. I, I like to listen to anything that's like I'm not in my head the whole time. But sure. it's kind of crazy because like if I'm driving, I listen to like a lot of R&B, which is not. It's just opposite. It's not that. pumping up for a game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's that's when True. you're chilling. Yeah. Easy listening while you're driving. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> but those, those are my artists I, I listen to before the game. Perfect. Well, Teron Allen, big game tomorrow night. Yes, sir. That is counting that I will cut this up and we'll post it today, which I 100% will. Big game tomorrow night. 
uh, 6.30 for some strange reason. Yes, on the Where did they get that number from? It's actually 6.31, but I refuse to right, list that. Right, <laughs> right, because their area code is 6.31, so they tip off their home games at 6.31. So play our games at 7.32. No, 7 p.m. is fine. <laughs> uh, against Stony Brook, that's a big one. Right. I mean, the Hawks are red hot three in a row. Uh, the, the schedule looking out, you know, obviously Hofstra comes in here on Saturday. That That's a, a, a going to be a tough out. You should get some tickets for that. Come out, cheer these guys on. Yes, please do. Monday night is uh, we're celebrating Black History Month. Uh, so we'll have some themes around that. Uh, there'll be some uh, ethnic food, which you guys won't get to eat because you'll be playing. Um, but <laughs> yeah, we're having get whatever Ricky orders. For <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which will be ethnic, but my ethnicity, you'll probably get some Italian afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, Playing an HBCU in North Carolina A&T, so that's exciting. It's kind of going to be a kind of cool night uh, just to kind of honor and respect uh, black culture. Right. Uh, and then we're up to Northeastern, which I'll be on the trip for, and then back home for Elon. So there's only three more shots to see these Hawks at home. So get some tickets. Yes, sir. To Teron, why should people come out and watch you guys down the stretch here? Uh, now more than ever, just the energy, the crowd's been crazy. Obviously, we've been winning. But even if we were losing, it's just it's a good culture here. It's going to be high energy. It's going to be an entertaining game. We're definitely going to entertain the crowd, entertain the fans with a good basketball game. So just come out, support us, and help us win. There it is. That's all we got to hear. Sophomore guard, Teron Allen, you've learned a lot today. Gary and I will be back with a weekend wrap-up or week wrap-up of uh, everything Hawks. Well, I can't speak for Toronto, but I can tell you that I walked out of my door today and it was 26 degrees. And if my heat wasn't working, there's only one place I would go. And that's Edison Heating and Cooling. They provide full HVAC services to business and residents in Central Jersey. Visit edisonhvac.com to schedule your repair or installation today. There's a lot of rebates uh, to get new energy uh, brought into your house. So, and that includes heating and cooling. So uh, if you like the podcast and you like Monmouth Athletics, then why not give them a call? I guarantee you, well, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I guarantee you that they at least give you a competitive price. That's coming from me. I guess I did guarantee that. Just call Edison HVAC. Get your stuff right. Keep your family warm. We're cool in a few months. Uh, I think we've covered a lot of of men's basketball. Um, Yeah. It's not. We don't have to speak too much on that. No, three wins in a row, like you said, Stony Brook. Three home games left. Get your tickets. We got some some dates coming up. Um, one thing I do want to backtrack on, and I, I don't spend too much time on it, but I do want to give a, a brief shout out, Greg, to um, to Rodney Hampton. Uh, he was awesome. Giants Super Bowl champion came to our game the other day, signed autographs, took photos, um, et cetera, et cetera. Did an interview um, with the Moth Digital Network. He was just awesome. He was just great. To be around, great ambassador for for what the Giants do with that program. Um, signed autographs all pregame, took pictures with everybody. Yep. Um, the Giants continue to get former players out into this um, you know program that they have that are great. We haven't had a bad experience yet. No, so. and you know how hard it is for me to say something nice about the New York Giants. I I do, but I I have nothing but great things to say about our experience with their ambassador program. Um, 
That's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, no, Roddy was great. He was awesome, uh, man. And right from the start. Like, I went out and met him in the lobby. He was super nice. He went and shook every single security guard's hand and uh, Rich Carragher's student workers that were, like, taking, taking tickets or whatever they're doing. He was shaking their hands. He shook my son's hand because he happened to be with me. Uh, he, he was uh, super awesome. He stayed for half the game. He was into it, and then he was flying back to Houston. So he literally flew in, did appearance, and then flew back out to Houston. But he couldn't have been more awesome. And, and, and there's an of, interview. A lot of guys wouldn't do the interview, right? A lot of guys would say, no, I, yeah, I've not, been told to come here and sign autographs. It's right. not part of it. But he sat down. And he flashed a super boring on the interview, and sure. and we, we rolled that back at halftime, and we may roll it back on another halftime in the next couple of games here. We, so we absolutely tuned. should. Is it? Have we posted? We posted it to social media, we right? We posted it. The Giants, um, you know, quoted it with a picture of Rodney and Shadow. So, um, <laughs> just an awesome partnership we have with the Giants, and and shout out to Rodney Hampton for he was great for coming out. That was that was really cool. Um, women's basketball. Uh, I want to give a shout out to a former podcast guest. Uh, Lucy Thomas, 1,000-point scorer. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head the last 1,000-point scorer to cross that threshold on the women's basketball um, and their program. Um, but but Lucy, we've talked about it ad nauseum, right? Local, mm-hmm. has been a good soldier. I think she's played for two coaches and was recruited by a third yep. here, so she's kind of been through it. Yep. Um, and just a, a, a great hawk and, and somebody that we'll remember for a long time as a um, – a really standout women's basketball player here. She gets her thousandth point at William and Mary. We thought it came on a weird tip in, <laughs> um, but that is apparently you can have an own basket like soccer, right, like an old goal. So then she ended up getting uh, getting a basket later on to to really get over the thousand points. So congratulations, Lucy. Wanted to shout her out, which is good too because I didn't want her to get her thousandth point with some like deflection. deflection. It's it was like when Mike Basile. Up at Bucknell broke the Mammoth all time tackles record like four hundred and thirty two. And it was literally like an inside handoff and he just kinda like clipped the kid's leg and, and the kid fell down for like a four yard game. Right in the middle of like, a pile of people. I was like, oh, that's it, huh? Totally contrary yeah. to Justin, who broke the points record on a pull up three at Marist. Pull up three at Marist. And and those guys, shout out to those guys because they were awesome. They got us the clip. They they stopped they didn't stop the game, but the next time out they made a big deal. Like that was really, really class act by by Mike. Mike from Marist and the rest of the, the guys up there. Obviously, um our guy Harrison Baker, who I haven't talked to mm-hmm. in a while. Um spring sports starting up. Friday. Um we we've started to ramp up towards those. Um sure. Women's across plays Friday, men's across not far after that. And then the following weekend, baseball and softball get uh get it going. But this Friday, two o'clock, women's across will take on George Mason. Um just a, a an opportunity for us to see these lacrosse teams in their new uh in their new home. And and the CAA is really good on both sides in lacrosse. So um the women play a lot of games early. It's gonna be cold um <laughs> for you to come out, but but I think excited for for the lacrosse programs to take on this new challenge. The women have like a crazy schedule. Like t- take away the CAA um, portion of it, which is really good. But but we're at home against George Mason, Rutgers, Navy, and Johns Hopkins. Like those are four pretty good programs to have home games against. So uh, tip of the hat to Coach Troutman. She's never been afraid to schedule tough. Uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's going to be cold out there. But but I think they're going to have a really good team, and I think Coach Fisher is too. Uh, I think you know he he, I was, he stopped by my office and we talked a little bit and and he's had a full staff now for the first time in a long time 
And he said that he's really kind of seeing, you know, they're paying dividends dividends with the way some of those guys are working with his players. So uh, those two teams will be exciting to watch, and they'll be here. They'll be home uh, the earliest as opposed to softball and, and baseball. Yeah, and we can, you know, next week's podcast we can dive in a little bit more as that, that'll be the week that softball and baseball get going. But I know obviously um, step up in league for both of those programs um, as well. Uh, preseason stuff still hasn't come out. Um, for those teams, so did not for much lacrosse, to, right? But not yeah, for softball, not for baseball. Softball, baseball. Um, I'm sure Harmstead will be on it. Well, yesterday, D1 baseball did come out with their top uh, CAA draft prospects, and James Harmstead was on that. Harmstead. Um, so shout you can book him. him as a guest soon. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's ready to hit some jacks this year. I think I think on deck we'll give you a little preview. I think we, we've been trying to get Mike Nelson on, so we're probably going to have him next, and we're going to probably work in some women's across, and then I think we're, it'll be time for Hammerstead. Uh, and that'll be a fun one. But uh, Mike Nelson's team getting ready for yeah. uh, the, the the. It's funny in a couple of weeks down in in Virginia, it's going to be like Monmouth, Monmouth Central. Um, we have men's basketballs down there for a couple of games. Swimming's down there for their championships, and track indoor track and field is down there for their championships. So um, Virginia will be the place to be if you're a Monmouth Hawks fan, and we'll have all your coverage. Um, through the Monmouth Digital Network video, photo, um, social media, all that good stuff. But, yeah, to get Coach Nelson on, it'll be nice before those championships. Obviously, another successful indoor season to this point for, for Coach Nelson and his team prepping for their first CAA championships, which will be interesting. We've been so used to success in track and field in the MAC, and um, we will now see what they can do against uh, you know a step-up in competition in the CAA. I know um, there's some some tough sides in the Colonial, and, and I'm excited to see what Coach Nelson has to say about that. Can um, can we shout out another podcast guest here, Dalton? Yeah. Eust, yes. Yeah. Broke a school record here at home at an indoor meet. Uh, just crushed it. He did the whole clap thing. Everybody's going crazy. There's video of it. Ryan Schwager here at uh, Monmouth uh, captured it somehow two places at once. I don't know how he figured. It. I heard him explaining it the other day. Uh, but that was awesome. Broke a school record, and he was a great podcast guest. So if you didn't listen to him, uh, if, if if you didn't listen the first time around, please please come back and, and listen to that. And I now follow him on Instagram, and he was doing some kind of ceramic pottery thing, which uh, jogged my memory. That we'll that be circling back on that. We'll as be well. circling back on that. But I have not, admittedly, watched the entire Jack Holmstrom uh, feature yet. Uh, but I have watched the first three minutes of it. It is up on Twitter. It's about nine and a half minutes, I think. Uh, really good talk about Jack. Uh, as far as I know, as a, a student athlete and his dad and, and their connection to King Rice. Yeah, and, and Jack, obviously a standout student, um, high GPA, so so we get into that. And then talk about his uh, his playing time in Illinois and starting at, at the University of Illinois as an Illinois kid. So um, some good stuff from, from the Mom of the Digital Network and Brady Weaver and uh, a little longer than we might have liked, but there was just so much good content from our interviewees. So I want to you know, thank them. And I know I got a text from from his father, Ben, Ben Holmstrom, who was part of the feature last night and just said how awesome it was. And he was all pumped up. And I ended up sending him the, the file just so he had it to, to kind of archive for I'm himself. But but he was excited and, uh, you know, just an awesome student athlete. Jack Holmstrom's great. And uh, any chance we get to shout out these kids, we, we like to do it. So. We do. So uh, we are going to ask for you guys to like and subscribe. Uh, that is going to do it for episode 42 of Hawk Talk. 
like, subscribe, get on there, watch our teams, get out and uh, help us out. And we got some exciting stuff coming up. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of the Monmouth Digital Network. Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast distribution sites, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, and more. All rights reserved. Hawk Talk is brought to you in part by the Monmouth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org slash Let's be healthy together.